I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this Christmas episode of Tour Front. I don't have a particular greeting today because my spirits are down because I'm sitting here in this recording session and I just saw Arsenal being turned around 4-1 by Manchester City. Well, at this point, who knows what it will be at full time. Anyway, what up, Chuck? <laughs> What's up, Jay? Man, man, man. I, yeah, no, it's it's it's... It's been a tough time for you and Angasta. It just gets worse and worse and worse. So let's shift the focus, Gangan. Let's go to the game um, between Leicester and Tottenham. So where we come in is at Mourinho's comments. Paraphrasing. Mourinho says his team weren't that bad to lose the game. Leicester weren't that good for them to deserve the win. And if you look back at the Liverpool game, he said the best team lost the game. Is, is, is Marina watching the same game we're watching? Jose. Jose being Jose. I don't, I don't quite know what actually makes him say that they were the, they were the better team. Uh, they didn't create much. And the Tottenham, the Tottenham team, essentially, you know, when I was actually watching that match against Leicester, I, I couldn't help but like, think to myself that Tottenham are basically Arsenal. They just have Son and Kane. Mm. Son and Kane are an amazing duo. They are they are they they are world class and by themselves. And often it has happened um, in that manner. They are able to change games. They're able to take games away from teams. They are able to win games with the rest of the team not doing much else. I mean, <laughs> we saw <laughs> we saw Serge Aurier literally uh-huh. just bundle the guy <laughs> over like. You, you watch. I was when you watch the replay. You wonder to yourself, what exactly is he doing? Like, like what? What exactly is he thinking? What? Because <laughs> as a defender in the box, that's like, the thing you think. I'm think just of gonna doing. throw myself at this guy with everything that I have and hope for the best. So Mourinho, Mourinho is watching that, and I mean, as I'm saying, there's there's no creativity that, that that's coming from um, from the midfielders as well, mm. because Kane is their creative force. And he also then has to double as a striker. And when I when I actually look at the way that Kane is playing as well, I, I sometimes think that he might be too in love with his new position. Mm. Uh, and, and whereas sometimes you need him in the box to be finishing moves off, but he's dropping deeper. And in the game against Leicester, like the Leicester defenders were smart, they were prepared, and they had clear instructions not to do what other teams have done when he drops off and they follow him. So in the absence of that, because that's the game plan, that uh, Kane drops off and then the space that he leaves behind when the defenders follow him, Son occupies it and he scores. So when that is not available to them, they don't seem to have a plan B. So Mourinho watching that and then to go on and say that they should win those games or they were the better team and the better team lost, yeah, I don't quite think so. Um, I think that's Jose being Jose. I, I think maybe he's trying to keep the spirits of his team up because they've had such a great start to the season and does not necessarily want them to fall to fall away. But why must he lie? We know he's lying. His players know he's lying. Because if you think about it, Jay, so we've been highlighting like for a couple of episodes, the two key men are Son and Kane, as you've just explained. 
if they're off color, the whole team is off color. I mean, the guy who was closest to getting a goal against Leicester was Kane himself. Bergwijn, there's nothing coming from him. Dombele, nothing's coming from him. Loselso actually started and he struggled in that game. I, I look at the Tottenham side and I wonder to myself, do they have the personnel to even play the Mourinho way? Because if you look at the defenders, Mopi, as you said, Aurier, he's not stable. He's not solid. He's, he's error prone. You look at Aldo Verold, ah, he's okay. I mean, maybe Sanchez and Vertonghen, those... Is Vertonghen still at the club? I mean, no, Aldo Verold. Aldo Verold, there Alderweireld we go. and Dier are the, are the starting centre-backs. Yeah. Those guys are still solid. Regulon is not a Mourinho-type player, but he's a good defender. And then apart from then, um, Hoiberg, who is or looks like a Mourinho player, and Sissoko, I don't think everyone else can play that system because, as you're saying... <clears throat> Son, Son, Son and Kane play quite deep to try then get themselves onto the ball and start an attack because no one else will do it for them. And then you don't find Kane in the, in the right position when the ball is in their possession. So for me, for him to say that they're the better team against Liverpool when Liverpool, for me, and when from, from, from a mile away, they're not going to win that game. Sure, it was like a last-minute header by Firmino, but Liverpool played better. Liverpool are more consistent than Tottenham. Um, and the game against Leicester, Madison, Madison had space. I don't know how or why, because if you're a Marino team, you don't give space to people like that. Madison had space. Vardy was still troubling the defenders. That's why I've got a problem with these comments. With what game is Marino watching? Because clearly he's lying. You know what? <clears throat> if 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 I were to play devil's advocate and wonder when he was watching that match against Leicester, mm-hmm. against Liverpool. Against Liverpool, I suppose he's trying to find some edge because they were in that match result-wise yeah, until the very end, and it was it was a, it was a top of the table clash because they started that 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 match in first place, and to to go if he had left Anfield with with a draw, um, he would have been cockahoots. You know, mm. he would have told his players that we are right there with this team, we're gonna be with them for the entirety of the season. So to come away from that uh, with that defeat, the defeat was better. And then to get turned around by Leicester at home as well, uh, in, in the space of a couple of days, they went from being top to being six points behind, you mm-hmm. know. So in the game against Leicester specifically, again, I'm, when I'm, I'm watching the Leicester and Tottenham game, and, and I, th- I think I've communicated this to you before as well, Leicester aren't, aren't that impressive to me either. Mm. Uh, in terms of the amount of chances that they create, because check, check the goals that they scored and then the one that they were denied by VAR. So there's a penalty, right? Yeah. And then there's Vardy who heads it off of uh, off, off of um, the defender and it goes into yeah. the back of the net. The and then there's the chance, as I'm saying, which was wiped off by VAR, the Madison goal, which was brilliant. It, mm. was, it, was, it was a dream. The way that he took that ball and then the way that he fired into like the corner of the net. But then... Even that, the degree of difficulty with that goal is so high. So these are the these are the kind of goals that Leicester are reliant on. They are not in a, in any given match. They are not creating a bucket load of chances. Um, as I'm saying, there's the penalties, there's a scruffy, scruffy goal, and then there is Madison. Madison doesn't seem to be able to score normal goals because if this was um, allowed, it would back up the goal that he scored um, in the previous game, which was a curler with his left foot, which was like brilliant as well. So. I, I think Mourinho looks at that and he considers that, well, they scored two goals and the nature of the two goals could have been avoided. Would they necessarily have gone um, down the other end and converted what whatever what, what few chances they had? No, because if they could, they would have. Um, I think 
equally in terms of their creative output. Those teams are on equal footing for me. Uh, Leicester just happened to have more of the scraps go their way. And maybe that's what Mourinho is referring to. I think in terms of personnel and how they started the season, we, we might give Spurs the edge. But I think... And I mean, if you look at the Harry, the fact that they've got Harry Kane and so on, they look like the better team. But when Vardy is, is, is a trouble for any defence, he's a problem for any defence. And Madison didn't start uh, the first couple of games of the season. They've got Madison now, they've got options in Barnes, they've got Pryat, they've got Ayosi Perez, um, Tillemans looks solid as well. So they, they, they do have a core team that they, 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 they're reliant on and they play a different brand of football to Mourinho. What I like about, about Leicester is that they'll go to Anfield and they will not uh, park the bus. They will try and go pound for pound, blow for blow, regardless of what that results what that result gives them. That's why they were able to get the win against Marina because Marina looks at the at the teams around him and says it would be good to grab a point against these people away, or it'd be good to stop their momentum or their winning run. And a point is fine for me. And I think that kind of coaching for me, if if, if you were looking, for instance, against Liverpool, we, we would probably agree that he was happy to get the point. If we look at Leicester, yeah, hell, they had to chase the game because they went to a goal down. For me, you can't. You, they can't chase games. They they can't. They can't because at the end of the day, it's still just the two guys who who need to get the goals for them. And if they are not firing, like we said, then the other guys. I mean, I saw Lucas Mora come onto the pitch and he didn't change the game. I, I saw Bale come on. Bale he? comes on and Bale has been a stinker. Yeah, I think you know. You know what? I think obviously the reason that Mourinho went and got Bale, as he said, he's tried to sign him before in the past. It's a player that he admires, that he likes, and they bring him in, subsidized his salary with Real Madrid, and they were hoping for more. Mm. Um, and unless there is a dramatic turn up in form from Bale you know, at, at the turn of the calendar, his best days are far behind him. The 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 Bale who 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 led Real Madrid to that famous uh, Copa win in the final when he ran around the defender. That guy is gone. Mm. The guy who was dominating... Because I, I was watching that match and I couldn't believe that in the space of less than 10 years, the guy who went last seen on uh, an entirety of a season on an you know, EPL pitch, how dominant he was in that league is mm. the same guy that we are watching who can barely get a game um, in the league for Tottenham. And when he does come on, he's he looks lost out there. I think if you contrast... like So Mourinho doesn't have that option of Bale either. I think if you look at the contrasting... Well, if you contrast, sorry, the two players between Timo Werner and Bale, two players are not having a good time right now. With Werner, you sort of figure at some point he should come right. With Bale, I don't think so. You don't I, believe it, do you? Yeah, I, th- I think he's he's fallen out of love with football and coming to Tottenham and being behind the picking order of Bergwijn and maybe even Lucas Mora. I think he figures he's in a same situation, different shirt. I don't think he has the appetite nah, to even so. to fight, for, fight place. for yeah, fight for for his Not place. Not with Marino as well, because Marino would demand that he goes and attack and come back and defend. And basically, if you play for Marino, you need to do a Marino job. You're not going to be able to shine and do what you do. And so, if Bale's up bombing down the wing, and if then he loses the ball, can stay on the halfway line and wait for another chance to do that. He's not going to find much joy. I mean, if you look at Jao Felix, everyone said Gucci went to the wrong team with Atletico. For some reason, this season, they're allowed to play. <laughs> they play this attractive brand of football. I don't know what Simeone is saying or doing, but this season is different. But I don't think uh, that will ever happen with Mourinho. It's the Mourinho brand of football or nothing. So, on, on, on the point of the Mourinho brand of football, contrast that 
to mm. the Bielsa brand of football <laughs> and the results we saw at Old Trafford. What do you make what what do you make of that? Like what do you make of that performance from 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 Leeds as well from from United but the mindset of Leeds to continue chasing the game regardless of what is happening at the on the scoreline. I'll tell you this before the game even started I knew there were going to be goals. I didn't even know who was going to win because Leeds are that good but at the same time they are that open at the back. And I love the fact that they play the way they do. It's good to watch one and two, I think this this sort of stubbornness might be new to us, and we're gonna then question and criticize it because now they're in the big leagues. But that's how they won the that's how they that's how they won the championship by playing this brand of football. That's how they dominated all the people. Because I mean, at some point they were like more than ten points ahead. They squandered that, but they still managed to win the league. They come in now with the same brand of football. Trouble Manchester City, trouble Liverpool. Obviously, they don't get over get over the line and get the win. But man, on an, on another day, because if you look at the saves that De Gea had to pull, on another day, who knows? It might be six six, but we think because United have more 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 talent, it would be twelve six instead. But right now, to be honest, because I I don't know if this is correct, but I heard that before the league win, Bielsa hadn't hadn't won anything in twenty two years. So I don't know why he was loaded and <laughs> made to be this great and amazing coach when he's had such a tro- big trophy drought. But I love the philosophy. I love how Leeds play because everyone is involved. Everyone is, is used as an attacking weapon. Everyone comes back, well, not to defend, to be involved because they don't defend. So here's my, my two cents about Leeds' performance. Leeds need to learn to shut shop after a particular number of goals scored or in either direction. Whether they're winning 2-3-0, shut up shop, or if you consider 2-3, or three, try damage limitation. It doesn't hurt. Because then this one, you're gonna tie out the players. Because if you're losing, I mean, they had considered three by by the first half. You're gonna keep running around anyway when the game is gone. I think you're just expending energy for no apparent reason because you're not gonna win that game. Leeds ran into the Scotty McTee buzzsaw. <laughs> Man, like McTominay coming out like That's in that game, looking like Roy Keane, and and Paul Scholes rolled into one. What? I mean, you know what? Um, Manchester United had 14 shots on target 14 shots on target If I'm not mistaken That game in its entirety Had a, close to 50 shots 50, yeah, 50 shots at goal mm. That's ridiculous And the reason that was the case Is, is all dictated by Leeds um, Because what Manchester United were doing They were responding to Leeds mm-hmm. How they started though that was, that was all Manchester United That was, that was amazing to see because, and, and, and I have to give props to Oli Because I, I, I can only imagine that there was, there was, there was, there was a, a, a word that went out to them That hit, hit, hit them quickly Hit them hard I don't know if they expected two goals in the space of like three minutes And two goals in two minutes from, from McTominay himself And he took those, those goals very brilliantly And when that happened I just knew that, okay, it's over for Leeds. Um, because even if they did mount a comeback, they were they were always going to chase that game. Mm. They were gonna chase it at two 0 three 0 three one. They were gonna they, they were gonna continue. And even if they had pulled within a call, they were gonna keep going for it and they were gonna leave themselves exposed and they did. Um you saw Kelvin Phillips being brought off uh, at half time because he wasn't tracking runners and Manchester United were sending runners from midfield. And like like in any other game that I'd seen, but I think it's because they knew that that space would be made available to them. In terms of Bielsa, you know, Bielsa looks at football as art, and he also then is an artist. I think he's a great teacher in mm-hmm. terms of 
the nuances of the game and 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 and, and the other aspects of the game that you don't necessarily think about um as a fan of the game as a player or anyone who's involved in the game he's he spent a lot of time studying the game and he's picked it apart and 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 he knows minute details about it as i'm saying that the average observer tends to miss but i don't know if that necessarily makes him the greatest coach in the world because i, I I'm, I'm seeing this now with coaches it seems as if coaches fall into two camps either they are overly pragmatic like Mourinho. Or they 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 are these the, these personalities who want players to express themselves on the pitch like Bielsa, like Pep. The ones who fall into that latter category, like Pep, who then have had success. I think the reason they've had success is because they've had like superior talent at, at like at superior talent. I wanna yeah. I wanted to say it in in defense, but Pep's Barcelona had superior talent. I was about to ask you that question. Do you think then Leeds has a good defense because? If you contrast that with Barcelona, we don't rate Barcelona's defense that well, that much. But Barcelona had all the ball. Yes, Leeds tend to give you some of the ball to yeah. play with as well, and so they're exposed. So, do but you think they got the a good defense? Leeds came away from that match against Manchester United with fifty nine percent of the ball. Mm. But the thing is, if a team is playing even with just forty percent of the ball against Leeds, that's more, that forty percent is not like not all forty percent are created equal. Basically, it's not the same forty percent as you get against the Manchester City, for example. Against Leeds, whatever whatever time you spend in possession, you have a chance to go to the other end and score a goal, and that's because they they defend as moonlight as attackers. I mean, <laughs> the case of Dallas, for example. When you watch Leeds, Dallas is either he's 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 at right back the one time, he's at left back the other time, he's in he's in midfield and has interchanged with the midfield player, and then you find him um, up 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 top, which enabled him to score the goal that he, that he scored. And when you look at that, you look at the individual players. You're like these guys are, are well marshaled in, in terms of football. They are complete footballers, mm. so so to speak. You know, they've learned aspects of the game that is not necessarily explored by other players who play in their positions. But what then that means is that they are keen to go express themselves in places that you probably can, can don't want to find this? them. Like I haven't, I haven't quite watched Leeds that 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 much in detail to to pick up what I just picked up this weekend. So now, if EPL group in the in the league that we have, so I have people, I see people have signed Alioski. When I've watched, when I saw him like after ten minutes in the game, I was like Alioski, jersey number ten. And he was on the wing. So when I saw him, I was like, this guy's a defender. I, I was confused. with can't And now I understand because it's that total football philosophy. You may start in a particular place. It doesn't mean that's where you're going to play all the time. And they keep throwing numbers forward. It's, and here's the thing for me. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, no, man. Bielsa, Bielsa, as we noted like in previous week, he was nominated as one of the, um, top three managers of the like of the year, mm. you know, and it was it was confusing to us, and I think it's because like everyone just drank the Kool Aid on Bielsa because Bielsa has always oh, been be. like um, the Baba Yaga, mm. you know, football. Like he's this mythical figure. You've heard about him, and he's been in Spain. But when you get into the EPL, then obviously your the platform is just so much bigger. It's elevated, and I think FIFA as well. Just the, as I'm saying, they just uh, like drank the Kool Aid. But the honest truth is, he's naive. That is naive. That is no way to win like foot, football matches. That's no way to be successful at, at the yeah. very top of the game. I mean, if you look at the company that he's, that he's, that he's with in, in the Coach of the Year nominations, 
Klopp won the league in however many years. Bielsa brought Leeds back after how many years. The best coach there was Flick. It was, yeah. Because of what he achieved. But because Bayern have been doing that for a while, I think that he was overlooked. I want to say this about Bielsa. He, I agree with you that he's naive because you can't get beaten by Oli. What's, what's your response to Oli putting the lineup? Because, <laughs> like we discussed uh, like a week ago, Bielsa's happy to give us his team sheet like on a Wednesday when they're playing on a Saturday or Sunday. And it's like, so when are you not planning for, for the other uh, coach because of what they put up or what they're going to do or what their form is? This is your team. This is how your team is going to play. And that's it. You can't get out of coach by, by Oli. Like, <laughs> kudos to Oli. But Bielsa, the mythical, legendary coach, cannot be outfoxed by Oli. It can't be. And the thing that we hear about Bielsa is that in terms of his preparation, uh, he, he dissects the other team and then he prepares for that team specifically. And the team that he's going to put out is supposed to combat what the other team does well and so far to me it just looks like he has one approach and he is gonna go gung-ho regardless of who the opponent is regardless of what the match situation is regardless of what the scoreline is you know he's 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 an even he's an even more extreme Arsene Wenger when 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 the Arsenal teams were just creative they were just about scoring goals the philosophy was well if you're gonna score three goals you're gonna score four and if you happen to score three goals and on that day we're not really on our game, we'll 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 come away with like having scored uh, two goals. And as I'm saying, in terms of like in terms of that kind of football, that kind of mentality leading you to the biggest prizes in the game, it's just not going to work. I mean, I, I, for Leeds to be able for that to be practical, Leeds have to have the 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 best player or top three players in the world in each position because then you know that my horses are are better than your horses and let's just put them up one against the other and i'll just come out on top but his players they really try and that that's phenomenal to watch like that they don't give up on the game and they look like they actually enjoy playing the game i would enjoy playing the game like that i was was about to ask you this question but also contrasting it with another team that's directly below them Leeds sit 14th arsenal are 15th right with only a three-point gap, Arteta's job was on the line. No one said anything about Bielsa, because we love how they play. We, we we love to see them score goals, but they're losing all these games, and, and as you say, we are drinking the Bielsa numbers. Kool-Aid because no one's saying what Leeds are going to get relegated. I haven't heard that so far. I know they look good in the first couple of games, and they look like okay. Like everyone came away praising him yeah. for that performance. I'm like, he his team just lost six two, and it's because of their approach to the game. Why, why, why? As I'm saying, everyone is just fawning I mean, over Bielsa. Instance, oh, everyone was hammering Arsene Wenger. Arsenal are, are, are naive. Wherever they go, they play the same way. They attack, they attack. This guy is the epitome, is, is the apex of that because he scores tons of goals, but he loses. But no one's saying anything There's a ceiling about to how well Bielsa teams can do. There really <sighs> nah, is. Uh, Leeds are a, are a big team, uh, happy to be back in the EPL. Yeah. But in terms of... Them pushing on to probably join the the likes of where Leicester are now, where Everton are, are hoping to find themselves as well. It's it's just not gonna happen with Bielsa. I I don't think so. Um, I really don't think so. What if Big Sam places higher than Bielsa? <laughs> that would be a turnout for the books. That would be a turnout for the books. So um, another high scoring game on the weekend uh, was Liverpool scoring seven unanswered goals. Do you think that then cements them as the top dogs of the league 
um, because they received seven at one point and they've shown that they're good enough to score seven as well, even though they're not at full strength, minus Van Dyke, minus um, Diogo Jota. They still, still got the business done. Does this then cement them as the top dogs or should they still be wary of those below them? So Liverpool, while everyone is, 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 is debating in terms of the kind of help that they need and they might be getting in, in the in the January transfer window, Liverpool are in the new year gonna <laughs> going to bring back Jota. They are mm-hmm. going to bring back um, Thiago Alcantara. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think Van Dijk might still be out for for a while yet. But with those guys returning to to this team, that's <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> you know, and the result on the weekend against Palace, I, I was I, I was not expecting that at all because I tend to think that Palace are. Are, are tough to break down. Um, they're tough to play against. You're not just gonna, especially, find them at home and just blow them away. And the thing is, I, I do think that the result um, flattered them a little bit. I don't think that was quite a seven-nil result. In the second half, the Palace players' heads dropped, um, and then Liverpool just picked them off. In the first half, after they scored the first goal, Palace actually came back into it for about twenty minutes, mm. and then Liverpool had that counter-attacking goal, which was finished off by like Firmino away. It literally came out of nowhere, and was it was precise, football, and it was beautiful, and it's it's just a it's, it's just a punch to the gut, you yeah. know. It, you think you're on top, you think you've got these guys right where you want them, and in about five moves, the ball is in the back of the net, and you're looking around, you you can't even point any fingers because no one did anything wrong. These guys are just better than us, and it looks like these guys are just better than everyone else. So here here goes my theory: if Mo Salah was on the pitch in the first half. Maybe Liverpool will still be three up. But for me, it doesn't score. Mine doesn't score. Because I think they play differently without Mo Salah in the park. I mean, Firmino starting moves, finishing them off in the box. Mane is getting more of the ball. And he's getting the ball in the right area. Because now he's a reference point as opposed to Salah. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that I'm pointing out. But I'm just saying, kudos to them that they can play with and without Salah and still hammer teams. I'm just pointing out if you want, because <laughs> Bobby's back in the goal in the goal in the goal scoring sheets. Mane's finally found the back of the net now. <sighs> they look dangerous. They look dangerous yet again as, as you outlined. <laughs> yeah, Thiago's still still to come. Diogo Jota still to come. So, man, here's the team. Now this, this now it can be said properly. When they welcome these players, it's like making new signings because they're going to re- be able to switch up gears, do different things all over on the pitch. But as the game itself, um, the game itself, yeah, Nama think seven is not an honest reflection. But as you know, I mean, my thoughts are what if people beat Palace three and higher, for me, it's, it's fine. I, I can acknowledge that because I feel with Palace are not that strong a team. But they are competitive. Um, and I think maybe at some point they'll make me eat my words and beat a couple of giants. But I think maybe four, four is is, is more fair of, of, of a scoreline because if I'm not mistaken, it's eight shots on target, seven goals. No one has that co- that conversion ratio in in a game of, of football. It it hardly happens. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, so I think yeah, Liverpool still is the team to beat, and they're looking scary still. Like we we're not even talking about injuries anymore because they've performed regardless. I mean. <sighs> Henderson is still looking solid and we, we can't talk Henderson on anything anymore because he is still that metronome that keeps Liverpool ticking. Um, who else was in the midfield Wijnaldum this weekend? Well. Wijnaldum. He never, he Wijnaldum, never misses a game. Wijnaldum made he, he never beautiful misses game a game as well. Yeah. And in the games, he's not he's not using the flashiest player, but mm. the thing that Klopp has his midfielders and his team to do 
they do it and they do it brilliantly and you, you don't watch Liverpool teams and you are ever confused in terms of what is what is the job of each one of these guys those guys each one of them they know exactly what their job is and they do it I mean one of my favorite Liverpool players is Robertson like Robertson and for a couple of seasons now he is going up and down and up and down that that, that left that left flank you know and mm. It doesn't. It doesn't seem as if he needs any rest. He probably does, but it, it, you don't get a sense that he he's going. He's knocking on the, on the manager's door and he's asking for a little break. You know, mm. you know, he he comes across as another character who's very much like Henderson. He comes across as another James Milner. You know, yeah. And 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 it's it's one of it's one of the it's one of the more the more famous. Um, lines used by the greatest NFL coach um, Bill Belichick with his team his whole thing to them is just do your job yeah. uh, you have been trained properly you have been given um, precise instructions you know exactly what is expected of you and then when you go out on the pitch the only thing that I'm asking of you is just do your job and the Liverpool players they do exactly that you see Salah starts on the bench he comes He comes on and he, he scores a goal he creates a chance he does exactly what he's in that team to do so and what can you do about that? There's nothing you can. Do. <laughs> Actually, I want to ask you this. Yeah. So they've got West Brom, Newcastle, Southampton coming up, and then um, Manchester United, and after Manchester United, it's Burnley. Are they pulling away in the next five games? They might because the, the teams that are closest to them are playing each other this weekend, so they'll be tro- to, um, thinking points dropped either way, um, and then it's it's a three point gap right now, right? Yeah. That might go to four, might go to six. Um, and with West, West Brom and Burnley, by the time they get to Man United, it's, it'll, it'll be either cutting it down to six or it extends to like nine or whatever, or 12. Yeah, it's a potential six-pointer, as they would put it. So they are pulling away because, I mean, City are not, are not in the place they're supposed to be. I don't know what Tottenham are going to do with their form. Tottenham still have to play Wolves, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Tottenham come out with a win there. So, of the nearest rivals, this is their this is their time to pull away. And traditionally, in the EPL, if you've been top during the Christmas period, you're most likely to go on and win the title. They're the top ir- right now. The irony of that, the team that hasn't managed to do that, I believe, in the last ten seasons, it's happened two, if not three, two times. Mm-hmm. Liverpool. See? Liverpool are the only team who've been who've at up. the top yeah. at at this time <laughs> of the year and haven't pulled it through, but. Last last season, we saw that they 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 they, they went over that hump and and like we they're said, not a win now. They're still gonna add Thiago. They're still gonna add Diogo Jota. So Bruh. man, it's, it's, it gets dangerous. So I think this is the time for them to pull away. And if if they do, I don't think these small teams are gonna st- stop this. This it's a juggernaut right now. It's a tr- it's a train hot on the tracks, full steam ahead, calls burning hot and. It really is you because you know the conversation that we're having before about Liverpool. We've, we've, we've identified that all the teams that have uh, that have ideas on winning the the EPL, they all have flaws and mm. they're very they're very specific. You know, we see Manchester City are struggling right now, and we you don't quite see what the solution is to turning that around. You know, yeah. With Liverpool, though, at at the moment. Uh, it, it's hard to identify what is what what is the weak, weak spot because when Van Dijk went down, you're like, okay, it's injuries, you know, because they had that long list of injuries, we know, and some players were out with COVID. It's like, okay, missing players are going to be the Achilles heel. 
they continue without missing a beat and they're out here beating beating uh, teams 7-0 without what is arguably the best defender in the world. So now you look at them and they have adjusted to life without Van Dijk. They've adjusted to life without uh, Thiago. They've adjusted to life without Jota. Jota who had forced himself into the team mm. uh, because he was scoring all, all all those goals. And we, I had already written um, the epitaph on on Fabinho's career at Liverpool. And lo and behold, he's go. now <laughs> he's now scoring goals again. So. They are improving on their weaknesses. Mm. They are they are overcoming the things that are supposed to be hurdles. And then you look at them and you think to yourself, what can you do? They look impervious. You I know? think the formula at Liverpool is just so strong that, I mean, we were talking about injuries and they never slowed up. I mean, for instance, if my stats are correct, since the 7-2 game at, at Villa, they haven't conceded more than one goal in any game that's, since then. Crazy. And then we were and they've turned injuries. around that 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 seven two um, result with the seven 0 and actually added two goals on top of that. Matip is back, Trent is back, so now there's also attacks. Uh, wing, sorry, assists coming from both wings now. That's 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 available again. Man, I don't know because I mean I think Robertson is the second behind uh, De Bruyne in terms of chances created in 2020. And in the last three seasons, down. the top three is De Bruyne, Arnold, and Robertson. There you go. And you I know mean, what? I'll yeah. tell you this. I don't want them to pull away. But I, how, I think we how we, can they we have though? we have such potential for such a juicy title, like title tilt, and I don't want it to come down to a a a a, a battle for seconds. It's going to be done in March, Jay. I don't want to see that though. Like I, I, I don't want to see it either. But look though, at it this and I honestly way, thought when Van Dijk went down, it's like okay, this is going to keep them with the pack. But yeah, jeez, man. Look at it this way. We thought Chelsea went with the chance. Chelsea got beat. Marina got beat. We still have Maguire and Lindelof at the back. I don't think we're going to stop them. So, I mean... <laughs> and then we've got Leicester, not... who I believe are imperfect. And I, I, don't, I think Leicester are good to, to compete for a top four. Not quite Maybe, um, maybe not the chase the league, itself. but maybe they can slow them down. Let's, let's hope they can do that. Because City, on the other hand, they're underperforming. And I, I can't even pinpoint to, to why. Because... For instance, um, comparatively, at this point in the season, they had 40 goals after 13 games. Now last they only have... Last season, that is. Last season, yeah. yeah. Only 19 goals after 13 games. That's a big difference. That's, That's like more than half. And so the question then is, Uti, what's going what's on? I can tell Uti City is playing differently, but I can't put my finger on it. Uti, why are they playing differently? They don't have any noticeable injuries apart from Aguero, right? And they were scoring well even without Aguero, but now seemingly... It's, it's a different ball game. So they're, they're, they're a couple of points behind. They couldn't, put, they couldn't dispatch West Brom of all teams, West, West Brom. How are they then going to stop Liverpool? If it's not City, it's hard to even imagine who it is. Mm. Um, and, and that's the thing, that even if they do stay with the pack, does the pack have it in them? Are there like three, two, three or four teams that can go with them? You know that can keep pace, and I don't think they are because beneath them, uh, beneath them, everyone is is is, is close to one mm. another. They are going to, they're going to beat beat up on each other. And when you turn around after five, ten, fifteen games, you're going to find that Liverpool are going to be the benefactors of the other teams being that close, being that competitive, and taking points off of each other. Because in the form of Liverpool, it's hard to see who which teams are, are because. They're unbeatable at Anfield. 
Oh, yeah. We've established That's that apparently. Games or something now, yeah. um, so they probably go the entire the entirety of the season without um, losing a game, then maybe dropping points in what two or three games. So that is taken care of. They had struggles on the road. They've just solved that little issue with a seven nil dropping of Palace. So if they away form, then comes even halfway of what they are doing at home. It's. It, as you say, it, it probably curtains. might be done in March. I really don't want to see it. I I, I hope I don't <laughs> get to Liverpool, see it. The thing with Liverpool, is if they drop points, it's two at the most. They never drop three. Like even when Fulham went full tilt against them, they still managed to get a goal back. Yeah. Whereas you look at uh, Chelsea, Chelsea got beat by Everton. You look at City, City lose games they're not supposed to lose and they're way back where they are right now. It's, uh, mm. <laughs> it is what it is. So I want to read this quote because it just sounds better when I read it this way because Menang understand. Maybe my, my reading and my grammar is incorrect and so it'll sound weird. But here's how I read it. Quoting Mikel Arteta. Last year we won against Everton with a 25% chance of winning. You win 3-2. Last weekend it was 67% chance of winning. Any Premier League game in history. And a 9% chance of losing and you lose. A 3% against Burnley and you lose. 7% against Spurs and you lose. And I read that and I'm like, it's in the world. I, I, maybe you, you, you understand what he's saying. I mean, I, 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 for me, it sounds like he's just a man throwing up numbers, trying to sound smart. Because my question is, okay, so you've got the 25%, the 9%, the 3%, the 7%, whatever the numbers say. But what does that have to do with your coaching and your performance and, and the players' role on the pitch? If it's a 7% chance of, of, of losing and you, and you, sorry, yeah, 7% chance of losing and you lose anyway, uh, what, what is your involvement? Is it because you don't have certain players playing? Is it because you're not creating enough chances? Your defense not staying enough? What about the percentage, Arteta? Like, we, we see the numbers, but so what about the numbers? So the numbers are supposed to suggest that Arsenal <laughs> are just unlucky. Um, what it comes down to is that Arsenal are trying, they're doing the things that they're supposed to do as per stats. Uh, those stats would, 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 would suggest that when teams deliver that kind of performance and they are measured to have delivered that type of performance, it usually ends up with that particular team winning. But then he goes and he confuses himself and he talks about the fact that Arsenal last season had a 25% chance of beating Everton and they won that game 3-2. So which side of that fence does it fall fall? fall? Towards it is hard to say, and my whole reading of that situation is that is unraveling. He really is just unraveling. You know what? Nah, mm-hmm. um, there is an argument to be said. Uh, for example, in the game, in the game against Burnley, Arsenal were going to go on to win that game, in my opinion. And then the red card happens, and then the own goal happens, and they lose the game. Mm-hmm. Following game, um, Arsenal start off badly against Southampton. Southampton are all over Arsenal. Come the second half, Arsenal are on the up and up. They get the equaliser, and they may have, they may have, not guaranteed, not 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 as sure with that as I am with the Burnley result. They may have gone on to win that game, but then another red card happens, and then at the end. Holding has a chance to actually win it and and snatch the three points. He hits the ball onto the bar and the game is over not so long after that. If that goes in, that's three points, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in the game in the game against Everton as well. Uh in the second half Everton Everton was just sitting back. They were not creating any 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 chances. They were not playing and Arsenal 
Arsenal had a chance. The Louise hits hits a volley against uh, the post as well. That could have ended up two two. And the thing about that, if Arsenal have three points against Southampton, if they have three points against Burnley, three points against Southampton, and then come away with a point against Everton, that's what seven points in their last three games. And the perception is that they're on the up and up. And then he doesn't have to explain the like to people like you asking the <laughs> questions. What are you doing? You know. But now the reality is that didn't happen. So now the questions are coming <laughs> and he wishes that those things could have gone his way and now he has to come up with explanations because if those results had gone his way it's not it would not have been because of something that he had done differently and he would have had the luxury of not having to answer what has he done to for the turnaround and it would have been he would have been um I'm, I'm flying high in confidence in terms of he would have been selling us that the team has taken a, a, a turn and things are getting better but i think the reason he's rattling off stats is because as he said famously that he is scratching his head and he does not know what more he what more to do and to close off the thing about the stats right mm-hmm. there is um for all the rage uh expected goals expected assists expected points and that is that is it, it's a measure of how of what of, of what how a game is going how teams are performing and with Arsenal, I believe in their last four games, they have underperformed their expected goals and their opponents have overperformed their expected goals by three times over, which is you can classify as unlucky. But the thing about that is the better players, they tend to outperform that. You look at Son, Son's the underlying stats don't support him having as many goals as he has. But because the quality of the player yep. means that if he is if if he is starting on his side of the half, he can go in and score a goal. So, yeah, you can look at the stats, but the stats don't tell the entirety of the story. No, not at all. I mean, we just talked about Liverpool smashing Crystal Palace for seven. That that's not a true reflection. I mean, does Arteta not know with there's such thing as sucker punches in football, counter attack, where you have all the possession, play all you want, and then we'll score when we find one or two opportunities, and that's all we need. That's Mourinho football, that's Simeone football, that's how uh, Leicester won the league. It happens. I mean, I thought Steve Compella was confusing until I read that. (laughs) (laughs) Arteta. Yeah, man, I feel feel sorry for Arteta. Um, Fun fact, which has not much to do with this topic, but because we're talking about it, Arteta is younger than Ibrahimovic. And I was thinking to myself... Maybe you are too much of a child for ah, this. That's job. what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. It's exactly why. You know what? <sighs> I I, I want to say maybe the stats might back him up in, in in the coming game, but the next game is Chelsea. So and I, I as I said, I they're out of the Carabao Cup now. Uh, all there's they have left is to try defend their FA Cup whenever it comes around. And to try to go as far as they actually to try win the Europa because that's the only <laughs> way Arsenal are getting back into the Champions League. <laughs> because in the league, they are just going to try as much as they can to push for a top six finish, which is not very likely to happen. If you want to make money, bet Arsenal against thing Arsenal for the win against Chelsea. It, it, the upset might happen when we least expect it. I think Frank is the manager to, to drop the ball. I think Frank will let them in one nil to Arsenal. That's my wow. prediction. <laughs> Don't yeah, ask me no, how I'm not, or why. I'm not, I'm not playing with football. my money like that. This um, is football. Yeah, I'll just be watching. I'll FPL, just be watching the game. FPL guys, 
I've resigned myself to the fact that Arsenal are going to go on a 30-year drought like Liverpool. The next time Arsenal win an EPL title, I will be firmly in the midst of my 40s. And and I'm, giving, I'm giving like yeah. great advice right now. FPL advice. Get Lacazette in your team. Captain him. He's going to score a brace. <laughs> of course I'm lying. Of course I'm lying. Guys, <laughs> it's been a great episode. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Iono. This is Chuck. I'm out. And this is Jay. Check you on the flip side.